0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great show of Purpose Through Pain Podcast. I am your host, Joe, and we have an amazing guest on here today, Joe Ortego. He's out there in Las Vegas. Uh, And just a little bit about Joseph before he comes on, or a little bit about Joe, is he, at the age of 14, being homeless, he needed a change in his life. He was hungry, needed something different. He came across a book, which I actually have here on my desk, called Think and Grow Rich. If you haven't read it, you need to. And his entire life completely changed. Instantly, he started a clothing business, started selling clothes online uh, for quick money, which led to him to create a business brand called Elite King's Clothing. He was homeless at the time founding his business, applied what he learned from thinking, Bro rich. And four years after he started now, he started this at the age of 14. By the age of 18, he sold the business. And what he says is that was the beginning of the journey of a thousand miles. Joseph, thanks so much for coming onto the show, brother. Truly honored, man.
1: My pleasure. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to have this conversation. And most importantly, I'm grateful for Everyone who's listening in, you could be on so many other podcasts, but you're here with us listening. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. Joe, I mean, what, what, let's go all the way back, man. What led you to even being in a place of being homeless at such a young age?
1: So it started even earlier than 14. I just use that because that's when my life shifted uh, growing up, my, my dad was a mechanic. He also worked at Sony. I just remember at the age of three, he got laid off from his job. And then we went from a nice apartment to a very broken down apartment. Um, and all I remember is asking, are we ever going to move back? And just seeing the look on my dad's face, he didn't answer me. Um, and my mom did, and she said, "We're gonna figure this out." And that was, I was i just remember that vivid, you know, that vivid story at the earliest age, which was three. Since three, moving on forward, my my dad went from job to job. Uh, my parents fought aggressively. I just remember I hated Sundays because Sunday would get ready for church. On their way out, they fight. They go to the restroom, and all I hear is they both of them physically beating each other up and for a long time you know I hated Sundays because of that and at the age of 14 I was homeless because I found myself in the streets my parents couldn't really provide new clothes for me um sometimes we we would have food on you know food for dinner or or food for for days and at the age of 12 going into middle school I got myself in the streets because there's been times we were also homeless. We lost an apartment because my dad couldn't pay, or the police just they kept coming too much that we got kicked out. And so I just remember going from friend's house to friend's house because my mom was like, "Hey, we're not. We might sleep here. We might sleep there. Or if you have a friend, you can stay over. You know, go go do whatever you want." And so that was my life at 14. Um, so I was jumping from friend's house to friend's house because of the the lack of stability that I had through my parents.
0: Wow. wow. So once when so growing up in that, you said you resented the Sundays. I did, you know, along the way you continue to stay in church because as I followed you, you share your faith online things like that. So did you also start resenting God?
1: no it wasn't i was so young that i didn't understand god God. i did i i never was like why is god doing this it was just like oh i it was like i'm i was excited to go to church but i knew if i got ready they would fight it was literally a pattern i knew what was going to cause it i knew that look my dad did. And I knew that if, if he made that look, take off the clothes, go in the room, close the door and play video games for the next five hours because they're going to go at it. So I never hated God, resented God, or even thought why God was doing this. It was just, I knew Sundays was the day that they would fight and I'd be stuck in the room with my brother for the rest of the day.
0: Why, why was Sundays? What was so special about, or unspecial, I guess, about Sunday with him
1: too? You know, um, I don't, I think that's, that was the only day when my dad was actually home. So my dad would work or try to find work and he was just never home. He was never home. And when he was home, I feel like that my mom would bottle up all her emotion and just
0: like release it on him. So you find yourself now at the age of 14. Yeah. what sparked you to start a clothing business online? So it all comes
1: from a good friend of mine. I'm not going to say his name just for privacy, but he got murdered. And that changed everything for me. I was 14. And also because of privacy, uh, I was in the streets doing things that I shouldn't have been doing and i was on that per that trajectory of ending up dead in jail or in hospital i was involved with gangs i was involved with making money in the streets i was involved with so much and when my buddy had passed i had to take an inner look on do i do i want to live it was like this moment of i knew like I knew deep down there was something better and greater for me. I just didn't know what that was. Coming from the projects in San Diego, all I saw was if you wanna be successful, you have to work a job. And, and the funny thing is I actually made a fake resume at 14. I went to all these malls. They were gonna hire me. They asked me for my social. I said, oh, I don't have it. They go, do you have an idea? I don't have one either. How old are you? 14. We can't hire you. You have to be 15 and a half to get a worker's permit. And, and so I'm like, dang, I, I really tried. And then I went back to the streets and then my buddy had passed. And that's, that was a turning point. And the reason why I sold clothing was two things. One, in San Diego, there was a clothing brand called California Money. And it was like everybody wore it. Everyone in school, at the parties, the cool kids wore it. It really inspired me. I go, man, this is really cool. And I try to purchase their product. But every time I try to purchase it, they're sold out. And I'm like, man, I just, I just want to wear that sweater. Everyone's wearing it. All the, all the, all the cool guys are getting the girls wearing that sweater. I'm like, it was trending on Tumblr at the time. Tumblr was the social media platform everyone was using. And When my buddy died, his parents had created a t-shirt printing business down the street and invited me to work at it. Like, hey, if you want to get out of the streets, we understand that this happened. Come and work with us or just come by sometime. And that's what I learned about graphic design on Illustrator, on Photoshop. And uh, I learned how to print a shirt through a a direct-to-garment machine and screen printing. And I was like, man, this is cool. I think I'm going to make my version of the sweater everyone's wearing. And I did. And, and that was the that was the moment of like, okay, I'm on to something here. I could be in the streets or I could be here every night, or you know, as much as I can to learn this, to learn how to do this. Um, and when I made that first sweater I wore it to a party, and everyone wanted it, and that was literally the turning point for me is. I could sell clothes the way I sold drugs because that's how this brand did. He had all these promoters, kids, my age, 14 to college kids selling product from the trunk and I saw that and I was like, "Oh, I could do that." I could literally have all my friends. I know every I I know someone from every high school throughout the whole San Diego County. I could do that. I did that already with the with the d word <laughs> and I, that's what i did at 14 and so that was the that was literally the vehicle that took me from i could be killed in the streets to i, I could do something that saves my life and puts real money in my pocket without having to look back for my life
0: it's it's that you say that about going you know, from selling on the streets, you know, selling something illegal to sell something that's, that's worth, you know, is I'm not to find something that's extremely passionate about selling, not saying, I'm not advocating <laughs> how to sell drugs, but the people that have had a background of selling drugs, are, but the because um, if, if you say well, you're just going to go to the next person, and so you have to deal with rejection. <laughs> finding is an opportunity to ultimately what? make money, sell a product, regardless of the product. It, uh, uh, not that I would ever change my life in terms of going to sell drugs because I, I would never do that at this point. Uh, It's amazing just how, on a flip side, someone selling substance how people facing challenges rejection of something is not a challenge to face.
1: Mm. It, it, let me just uh pause you or interrupt politely interrupt you because I never had that experience of rejection. Uh, it wasn't so like in a in a very sure way of explaining this. I just go to a party, see someone that I know needs something, like, or you know, like they're drinking, they're kid, they go, yo, you want to eat? And they're like, yeah. And then it would just be a ripple effect. I never had to physically be in the streets like how the movies portray, like, yo, you need this. I never did that. And so I never experienced. That type of selling, I just go to parties, have fun, and people would know me as "Yo, he got it." He's the plug. He he got it, and I just go in. Four hours later, come out with like five hundred to a thousand dollars, and it was just that easy because I was that I was the kid that everybody knew they loved. Whether it's different gangs, I was I was friends with all the gangs at that time. No one, even if it was like rival gangs. I was cool with all of them. So I'd go to like different rival parties in the same night, you know, and 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 be fine. So I never experienced that rejection. And I think that was the, that was the vehicle I used of everybody needs to love you. Yep. If everybody likes you, you'd have an easy way to sell stuff. And that's how I sold my brand is I just networked and Made friends with all these people, and my clothing brand just followed that relationship, and it just was a ripple effect.
0: Mindset changed in terms of what you were offering the products, but in terms right of approach, the doing things didn't change.
1: It didn't change.
0: It's a very powerful statement because you take somebody like myself that grew up in a very abusive family, that I was always being rejected. I didn't want to say the same. I didn't want to do a mm-hmm. multi-level marketing 19, 20 years of age. Because to include personal, life, I was not the guy that would go to a club or go out and ask a girl out, even if I saw her one, because I was so afraid of one. no. Mm-hmm. So it was an that back to the of my father. Mm-hmm. And, now what I've had to do is still the same tactics, it's changed mindset. Now I don't feel like I'm selling when I talk to people and that's what you were just hitting on it. It's not that you were selling, you know, you were just sharing what you had to people that needed it. Exactly. They had a problem, you had the you you had the solution. That was it.
1: That's it. Exactly.
0: Just change change mindset, change your heart, of course, and then of course change products. You know? <laughs> right. So, so let me go out. So when did you run across the Thinking Grow Rich or Napoleon Hill?
1: So I was 15, I believe. And my clothing brand was becoming extremely popular in San Diego. And at this time, there were little clothing uh, stores throughout the town um, okay. hearing about me. And I was already selling in a few of them because of the demand. And one of the gentlemen, I'm not going to say his name because it's a... Uh, it's a different conversation, and I just like to keep people private. But I went to his clothing store from invitation. Hey, if you come by, I may sell your stuff. Want to talk to you? Want to get to know you? I'm like, okay, sounds great. Went by with a bunch of clothes. Pulled out. It was a decent looking store. But he said, Hey, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to sell your stuff unless you read this book. And that's when he handed me Thinking Grow Rich. And he told me that that book had changed his life. He was a marine. He read that book in war. He thought he was going to die. He read that book, wrote down his goals, listened to the audio tape of the secret uh, Napoleon Hill recordings uh, with Earl Nightingale, which he also sent me those files. Um, and he's like, if you read this book, and you come back, we could talk about having your clothes in the store. And so that's when everything had changed. You know, I got the book. I, things started to be clear because I felt like I already... Knew these things, like I had an idea, but when I read, I'm like, "Wow!" It just validated what I felt I knew. Yeah, you know.
0: Stop you like, why did you need to read the book after he basically said, "Yes."
1: Oh, I wanted my stuff in the store. You know, I I wanted that. I wanted to stop saying you could buy my because at this moment of time, I had one store south of San Diego. He was north. And so, for people north to purchase my stuff, I'd have to drive to their high school and come out at lunch and buy my stuff. And so, I was getting to that era or that, uh, that moment of like, I want to be a little bit more professional. People, I already know people want my stuff. And so, if I could get into clothing stores, then I would do it. And I did whatever, you know, whatever it takes to, to, to do it.
0: I'm not another store on the north side.
1: there wasn't any other store there was super limited stores and he was like primed to like the north side of San Diego
0: Wow! I mean you think about that Joe how many times have people come into our life that is to help us of course with stipulations we're so quick like i forget that it's not worth it right we just never. I look at people like that, and somebody gave me the book, not who came across the book that has changed of life. Think and grow rich. If you guys have, for the listeners out there, is by the book, back in the 1800s, I believe, No, I'm sorry. It might have been even. I can't remember. books. 1937 original publication. But it's the single Hanley book that they believe brought America out of depression. Wow. Yes. And it and even says it in his book. It's credited as the book that brought America out of depression because it was... So it's amazing you take something like that that could have basically just said, no, I, I don't care for your product. You could have caught him on a bad day. well He could have been like, yeah, your product, I don't want to see this competition. A lot of different things, but you know, more more than likely and I, I don't know this, but I'm almost willing to bet that somebody invested into his life. He was at a point of, and they probably gave him that book. He may have he, the point is like that he lost it, and it touched his life so much. Is like I'm going to sow seed into Joe's life, but he'll go home and do this. And also, I, I look at it as a thing of, let's really see how services is. Yes, sir. just enough to hear what I have to say, because then, what does it ultimately make you for him? It makes you a good student. Exactly. That can. That that can. And so he could have been looking at I'd love to have a story. I mean he, he could look at it in a couple of different ways. But, uh, I mean, this is what the book did to me. This is how somebody associated. Now I want to do this. Right. It's the fact of, hey, I want to see this guy grow, but it's going to come at a cost.
1: Right. And that's what exactly it was. And after returning and said, hey, this book changed my life, and I'd been applying certain principles. He's like, that's, that's exactly it. And, and the reason why he wanted me to get on that mindset is he opened the door to a mastermind he's been running with certain industry people. And that got me in the door to so much people. I I didn't even understood when he said mastermind. I'm like, what the, excuse my language. Like, what the fuck is that? Like they're meeting in his back room at, at night. I was like afraid for my life. What is this? What is he doing in the back of his shop? He's coming back to- yeah, I'm like, man, they're doing hookah and they're, they're drinking beer. I'm like, is this a setup? Because that's what comes to mind. Like, mastermind, that sounds freaking evil. You know, like, that was the thought that I genuinely had. But when I went to the first one, I'm like, oh, wow, there's the guy who runs all the clubs right here. There's another designer right here there's a high level photographer right here. And they're all just talking about their week and talking about, Hey, what if we do this? What if we collab here? What if we do this? And that really just completely changed the way I even operated, especially with people. Cause I looked at everyone like they're, they're, they're trying to get, me. you know, I looked at, Oh, let's work together. I don't want to pay you or I think you're gonna to try to take my ideas. I was so just closed in at that age and that really just changed the my entire thinking space.
0: Uh shh, but it's a common phrase setting uh it's been changed in different angles. Five drug addicts the six.
1: Absolutely,
0: do the six, and there's so much truth to that. I didn't understand it when I first started doing it, but when I started to realize it's about my dreams things. Had changed my mind, you know. Because right. My backstory, the death of my dad, and it's like this: growing up in an abusive home, statistically. What was I likely to become?
1: An I mean, abusive. Sure.
0: abusive husband. Um, but I, so I knew I couldn't continue to say about that. When it of uh, my father, all of a sudden, if I hung around people that were depressed, what do you think was going to happen to me? I was going to become more depressed. And I remember getting to a Facebook page of the morbid widowers widowers widowers, uh, telling morbid jokes about their lost blood one, And I I went to the page out of curiosity because someone said, you should join the page. It helps with a lot of grieving and reading some of the things that people say about the loved ones, I'm like, that's not mine. Right wrong I knew I couldn't do in that circle and uh, it's again wow so now that you've got the book now that you're having these beans, what happens from there you eventually sell your business at 18 okay and what did you do after you sold the business did you feel like you lost everything what happened from there
1: no it's quite the opposite so I at this time I have all these ideas I feel like I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs of the fashion industry. I have all these connections. Um, at 18, I've networked, and my product was in a lot of music videos with different celebrities and different artists. and you know, I could personally call certain high-level celebrities and just show up in L.A. and hang out with them. You yeah. know, uh, and that's what really excited me. And so when I exited the brand, I moved to L.A. And it was one of those things where I'm just going to live and network. But it was the opposite. I partied hard. I spent a lot of money. But at the same time, I've made so much relationships from 18 to 19 that led me to a big failed project. Um, At that time, trade shows and the urban wear were becoming popular. It was kind of like, you know, the beginning of where it is now. And so I was like, okay, I have the relationships. I could create a trade show. I could put certain clothing brands together. because At this time, I've, I've known a lot. I've had high respect for really top-level clothing brands in, in the space I was in. And that was the project I did. I was just not prepared to do the work that it needed. Which why I called it my biggest failed project because I spent all like half of my half of what I sold my clothing brand for into this trade show. Um, I didn't understand how organized I didn't understand how much organization went into it and I, I I had assumed that people would be accountable for everything. you know, hey, show up here and then they'll show up or hey, promote this from this day to this day they'll promote it. So I was just like trying to delegate without accountability. And the day of the trade show, half of the vendors showed up, which was like, okay, you guys paid a deposit to be here and half of them who paid the deposit showed up. And that was like the scariest feeling where you're looking at this huge convention hall and half of it's empty. And that was that, that's when I realized I need to not go too crazy with my ideas. You know, I lost a lot of money that day. I lost a lot of respect with people. You know, you show up to an event, you're thinking it's going to be full and it's half. Uh, It was a rock bottom that I needed to feel because I thought like I was you know, Steve jobs. I was like, yeah, like, I'm so genius. I know everyone. I'm at the highest of where I could be. Everyone's going to make this, make, make this event happen. And it was the opposite. Yeah. I just remember like, Hey guys, I'm, I'll refund your money. You can leave. People showed up. There's traffic, but there, it wasn't enough because the traffic was supposed to come from the vendors that showed up. If everyone promoted it, everyone showed up. It wouldn't have been a sellout show, but half showed up. No one really promoted it. There was probably like 20 vendors that showed up out of 55, 60. And not including the vendors there, there's probably 30 people that showed up to walk the show. and And that was just... I just remember the feeling like going in the bathroom and saying, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to show myself. I don't even want to go out there. I don't even want to look at people. But I said,
0: what would Napoleon Hill do?
1: What would he? And that was the, that was the thought process. Said, what would, what would he do? Have enthusiasm. Even during adversity, do not change my attitude. I said, you know what? Splash water in my face. Walked outside. Hey guys, how's it going? How can I? How can I help you? Oh, that person looks like they'll be a customer. Let me. Hey, come check out this booth. And I worked the fucking show. I literally turned that shit around. I I got everyone who showed up to buy something from all the vendors. Literally, I I turned it around. Made it as best as I possibly can because I said, you know what? I'm going to do what I could do. And if, if if that's not enough for them, I'd refund them. I'll take the loss of this show, but I don't want people to say I showed up and Joe didn't do nothing. He didn't do anything to make this as best as he can. Everyone who left was like, hey, you know what? I was disappointed in the beginning, but I'm so thankful that you did what you did. And th- And that was when I really understood The power of personal development, the power of positive thinking, the power of accountability, because I had to hold myself accountable to do something uncomfortable to make sure I don't lose that. That relationship with the people that were there.
0: There's a a lot about what is. And this kind of goes to say, the speaking world or any type of events, is you as an individual, will never be anybody more passionate about something than yourself. Exactly. Your event, nobody else was going to promote or sell tickets like you're going to. And even when it comes to like me going to speaking events, is, you know, no one's going to work harder. To Audience. Uh, speaking of it, uh, so you gotta one. You always have to have that mindset. Is ever, I used to say this to athletes when I was coaching athletes and college. Is who cares more about yourself? Not even your mom. Mm-hmm. Not even your mom. Not your dad. Not whoever raised you or brought you into the world. Okay, and and I'm I'm talking about on the other. Hand, I'm not talking about God Himself. Is but. You know the other aspect of it is, is you know the same. I always tell people: I of us, amount of energy that put into negative about something or complaining about something or acting different about something. Why don't you just shift your focus and put energy into what you want it to happen you know, yeah. By you doing that, thinking like, is the enthusiasm. Walking out there, you could have sat in a chair and be like, well, oh, this is a just Take the hit and take the loss of it. But instead, whatever time you had left, you're like, I'm gonna focus that energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't look at it as I started changing the way I said things about like failures are nothing but lessons but not not losses, but just lessons. Because we all fail in life but failure has such a negative connotation to it. man i just thought that's annoying
1: right right exactly
0: so uh so what what happened next so okay,
1: this was a 1819 um what
0: happened next people, feeling like a thousand
1: yeah man i mean there's like a cliff note, because there's there's so much of these high intense moments from eighteen, nineteen to 28, where I am now. Yeah. So like a cliff note version of it, just to be respectful of time. From 19, I built a design and middleman manufacturing company. I was using Alibaba for a lot of my overseas manufacturing. And a lot of people in the States, it was so new that they didn't, They didn't like the fact that they had to stay up at 2 a.m. to talk to someone in China to get their orders so they would go through me. And I built this big manufacturing middleman company where I also offered my design services, product development in the fashion world. No one knew tech packs, which was the design blueprint to give a manufacturer to manufacture your product. You can't just say I want it to look like this and that and they understand it. So I for years, drew my own tech packs. Understood fabrics and cuts, and sewing techniques, and, and printing techniques, and certain colored Pantones and all that. I understood that because I did that for myself at a high, high level. Meaning, I I mean, I put out thousands of stuff, and the average clothing brand I've met had one percent knowledge of what I knew, and it just made sense for me to go. You know what? I'm going to turn this to a service because. Everybody needs it. No one wants to talk to China. No one has relationships with China. I do. And I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and and I and and those vendors from the show actually were my first clients because they asked me, like, you know, I really like to learn a little bit more about you. These are people I just met from social media at the time or just being around the industry. So from I think I don't know if I was nineteen or eighteen, right around one of those ages till twenty-one. I built this massive company. I had <laughs> accounts with so much celebrities, so many clothing stores all over the world. I mean, we probably had two thousand accounts, maybe, maybe more or less. And I rode the wave of, I'm going to be the next Alibaba. I, I I literally was going, and I till this day I still have the technology. Never put it out there. But I was going to create the American version of Alibaba. But to, because through Alibaba, sometimes you can't even understand the other person because they're, they're broken English and it becomes frustrating. And then you go, you know what, F this, I'm not even going to do it. And that's what people did. And so I was going to build the next Alibaba, but then I got into the wrong partnership. In fact, the gentleman from that clothing store was one of my partners with that gentleman and they took my business from me overnight. Now, I had a lot to do with it. I and just hold myself accountable. It was my mess up. It was my fault. It was me that got me out of that business. I partied too much and I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought partying with celebrities was the right thing because i got accounts but i was using the company money i was using the company credit the company debit card i was like my company i'm the ceo i'm the founder i brought you guys in if i want to use the company money i'm gonna use the fucking company money yeah. and that was the argument it's like joe you just spent freaking ten thousand dollars at the strip club last night yes i did because i was partying with tyga i was with you know, I was with these celebrities. I I took care of the table, but guess what? They're gonna run an order with us next week. But they didn't agree to what I was doing. I was spending company money, and I wouldn't lie about it. i like, oh, it wasn't a lot, but I knew it was a lot of money. I'm like, ah, and it was just the bottle, you know, and and it was a lot of money. And and then on the flip side they started investing the company money into building their own company. So when I was sitting with our accountant, I'm like, oh, where did a $75,000 wire transfer go to? Do we have a refund? Because if there were certain refunds, we'll wire the amount um, versus like a reverse on the card because we didn't want our, at the time we we're using authorized on that, we didn't want them, to see that we have a lot of refunds because they would like limit our account or we, we didn't want that. So we'd wire it back. And so like, Oh, which account? Cause I'm managing all the accounts. So I'm like, okay, if we had a refund, I need to know because I need to make sure to either save that person, talk to them, figure it out, offer them something. And I just remember them saying, Hey, like the guy, he's like, Hey, don't worry about it. I go, Oh, don't worry. That was, that was, like awkward for like a week and i'm like okay um they're not talking to me i'm not talking to them and i'm like i'm just like gonna go not even show up to the office for a week or two and i come back the third week this is the third week after that moment my key ain't working what like the office is all glass i could see everything like everything is here why isn't my key working and i called the. uh his name is Tito. He's the guy that, you know, the uh the not the custodian. What's that word? Maintenance guy? Maintenance guy. The guy that handles all the stuff in the office. I go, hey Tito, uh, my key ain't working. And like, oh, you're not your name is on the lease here no more. We had to change the keys. I go, what? <laughs> what do you I'm the one who who signed the lease. What do you mean my key ain't working? He's like, You should contact your partners because they sent us the letter saying, you're not a part of the company. And they made us change the keys. And I called them. They didn't pick up. I blow them up. Like, dude, what the F? I'm here at the office. He's not working. Tito's saying, you guys changed the keys. What's going on? And then I get an email from an attorney. You've been dissolved so, dis- dissolved from the LLC. Here's what you have to do next. And it was, they're they're pretty much suing me for the amount of money I spent partying and I guess certain customer relationships were lost because I didn't talk to them, which I didn't, like in my mind, that was their job. But I guess they were just trying to, put so much in front of me so that I could get out of the company and they had this laundry list of what I did wrong. And that was enough for an attorney to say, oh, this is a great case. You guys own 33% of this company. Oh, that's 60, that's 66%. You are outnumbering Joe. We didn't have an, an agreement saying, oh, we all have to come to consensus or it was, a basic agreement on, you know, equity share. There's nothing in writing that stated that they or they cannot do what they did to me. And overnight, I lost everything. Bank account frozen. This was a, you know, for those who are listening and you have business partners, make sure you have a personal bank account. Don't just have a business. Bank. Don't don't have a sub checking in a business bank account. That, that was my mistake. I had a sub checking. In a in my business bank, I didn't have a personal check. I had none of that. Venmo wasn't around, none of that. So they froze. They they kicked me out of the bank account. I lost there. I couldn't tap into my sub checking. I couldn't do anything. So I had about oh, a few thousand dollars in my sub checking account. I can I I I couldn't use that to pay my car. I couldn't use that to pay my rent. I couldn't use that to live. And so, when that happened. That was another journey that I went through that led to me attempting suicide. I remember looking in the mirror of an apartment that I was going to get kicked out of. I was at this time three months behind rent. 21, three months behind rent. My car just got p- repossessed. I couldn't pay it. So after three months, they find you. And I was so naive. I'm like, yeah, I'll just pay it. Like, I'm talking to them. i like, yeah, I'll pay it. And my car gets taken, and I'm looking in the mirror. I go, I did this to myself. I, you know, I was just blaming me. I was, I was hating me. I was saying all of these nasty things to myself in the mirror, and and then in a split second, I said, I don't even want to be here anymore. Open up the medicine cabinet, Tylenol, Vicodin pain meds because at, at, at this time I also had like a like a root canal done so I, I still had all these pain meds from it and I just remember opening up all the bottles like dumping all the pills in the sink like it was filled with pills and just you know turn it on threw the pills in my mouth put water in my mouth pills water pills water and I did that for about a minute so I'm like going crazy and I was screaming like ah, I'm just going crazy just screaming and taking it and I just remember falling and waking up the next morning, stomach's hurting. I feel like I have the worst hangover, but I'm all right. Keep in mind, I took it, hundreds of pills. Mycadins at the highest level, Tylenol, Advil. I mean, I don't even know what else was in there. There was all these pills, allergy pills, Claritin, like all of these pills mixed up in your, in your system. I should have been killed. I mean, there's people who overdose on Tylenol that pass. I've overdosed on four high milligram pill or pills, but hundreds at least. When I wake up the next morning, feeling I have like the worst hangover, but I'm not throwing up. I'm not. There's there's no like. Like severe condition, there's nothing other than. I think I need water and I think I need to sleep. So that day I woke up, my mind was just blurred. I didn't think like, oh, I tried to kill myself. It was just like, I need to feel a little bit better because I don't like how I'm feeling right now. But two days later, I just remember sitting there like, I should have died. Why am I here? I just lost everything. I, I don't want to to live. I was grieving at the fact that I was still alive. I'm about to get, and I'm sitting there like, I'm about to get kicked out of the apartment. Like, where the where am I going to go? I don't want to end up back in the streets. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to call. I At this time, like, I have an older brother and I've been distant from him for a long time. I'm like, I don't know who to call. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do, and I get another notice on the apartment. You have fourteen days to leave. It was like that judgment notice at this time. It was like you got the judgment. You have fourteen days to leave, or they will force. And I just said, "I'm fuck it. I'm out." I get back in the streets. Not doing bad stuff, but I, I call friends I grew up with. I go, hey, I, I'm back in San Diego because at the time I was in L.A. and I'm back in San Diego and I need help. And one friend said, you know what, man? Like, I got you. Come by. Slept in his attic. Buggin' attic, man. It was, he's like, hey, my, I'm still with my parents. I don't have much room. My parents said, you can go in the attic. There's literally a floor you can sleep on dusty floor and that was when i was going through my recovery so i made that attic my home um for about a few weeks i slept on the floor i told myself that there has to be something i'm still here and i'm i was scared to try to kill myself again so that thought never really came back and I I just remember walking from his house to a Barnes and Noble, which is across the street, maybe 10, 10 minute walking distance, every day. I went there and I said, I need to figure something out. And I remember going to the business section books and opening a book. And, and the reason why I opened up that one book was someone left a a, a business card big enough that looked like a $100 bill. And it looked like a $100 bill, you probably see this, and I opened it up, like, oh so, someone, left like the hundred. Let me let me take this hundred. And I was like, oh damn, it's a freaking business card to some multi-level marketer, like, oh, join Inksty throw this in the trash. And but it was the it was it was not Grand Cardone. It was oh, man, what book was it? I think it was who is that author? Pete uh, John Maxwell. It was a John Maxwell book. It was like 13 laws and I can't remember the title, but that was that one book I opened. And for, I think it was two or three months, I go to that Barnes & Noble every day, get a Starbucks water. So it looks like I have something and I just read a book and I you know, take notes like I got to figure something out. And I then at like the last week I go to Barnes & Noble, I pick up a book called The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. And that changed the game for me. I read how he went door knocking, selling his events, selling, you know, whatever he was doing. Oh, by the way, at this time of my life as well, I'm on social media. I'm consuming Ty Lopez. I'm consuming um, Tai Lopez. And who else am I following at this time? Honestly, I think that was it. Oh, Tony Robbins again, Ryan Tracy, Jim Rain, Zig Ziglar. I was, I was consuming all of this content while reading these books and just getting my mind right again. And something sparked with Greg Cardone. You know, he went door knocking. And I go, okay, what am I great at right now? What have I done? I can't go back into the fashion industry because I, I have a statue of limitations for five years. I can't go back. I can't, I can't use what I've done. I can't do anything at this cause I'm scared. I now know I could have went, I, I could have fought it, but I didn't. I was defeated. I was scared. So I said, you know, I can't go back in fashion industry. What am I great at? What have I done? And I, and I, and I took out a piece of paper and I wrote, I designed the websites for everything I've done. It was me. I learned how to do it. I designed it. I made the logos. I made the products graphically, I networked, I have sold, I've done account management, I've done contract rights for certain proposals. I understand quotes and invoices and proposals. And I wrote, I just wrote down everything I've done just from a black and white perspective. Bullet pointed. I said, maybe and reading Grant Cardone's book, like, oh, businesses need to learn sales from him. I said, oh, what? People will, businesses will pay to learn sales from grant. I said, businesses will pay to learn all of my laundry list for me. And that's when I came across Ty Lope as one of his liars. He's talking about social media marketing and social media marketing agency. This is back in 2014, 2015. I go, I could do that. I've done that myself. I built our, my, my design brand to a million followers. I built my clothing brand to a million followers. I've done things at that level. I'm like, if if, if companies will pay you to do this, then I need to give this business a shot. I need to jump into this. And keep in mind, I have no car. I'm walking and taking the bus at this time. I'm borrowing money from friends and I didn't really have much family I spoke to. So I just remember writing down, I'm going to go door knocking and talk to business owners and I'm going to sell them that I know what I'm doing on social media. I understand it. I've done it. I can do it for you. And I remember and this, this is something I'm not proud of, but I stole the book thinking Grow Rich. I couldn't pay, or not Think Grow Rich, 10X rule. I couldn't pay for it. I slipped it under my, my sweater, my kangaroo pocket, had my hands in there and just walked out Barnes and Noble like that. And never showed up. Even to this day, I never went back to that Barnes and Noble. Never. And Barnes and Noble, if you're listening to this, I would gladly pay for you pay for that book today.
0: <laughs> Every day you read the book. <laughs> right.
1: So, I'm sure yeah, man, okay. yeah. And uh, I just I took a I took a a bus, then an Uber down to downtown San Diego, just 30 minutes from where it was. And I went door knocking, man. Hey, is your marketing manager here? Is the owner here? Oh, they're not. Oh, no worries. Went to the next business. Three days. Walked in. I mean, some I had a door knock if they're like private. Someone just walked in if they're like a, you know, sandwich shop, just shaking hands, you know, didn't even know my approach. Hey, my name is Joe. Can I talk to the owner? Owner's here. Oh, what do you do? I do social media. Oh, what's your company name? I don't have a company. It's just me. And I was just, that I didn't, I didn't really have an approach, and I got discouraged because I was at the at the point where I had literally no more money to go back to downtown. I had no more money. I didn't know how I would how I would get there. On the last days, I can remember this like it was yesterday. Seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. I'm literally down to my last like breath. I've been door. I've been going throughout the city all day. I got some like leads on people that said, you know what, call me here or email me something. You know, the basic like objection of like, I don't want to talk to you, so do this. I I go to a restaurant that didn't look open, look like they're preparing for dinner. I walk in, I go, Hey, is someone someone here I could talk to you about marketing? And, and the 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 person at the front desk, the hostess, like, so, yeah, let's let me bring you to the, the chef. Hey, Chris. Chris comes out. Oh, how can I help you? Um Who's doing your social media? Oh, you know what? We just got we just got purchased. We got new staff. So we don't really have someone right now, but we do have an Instagram. I go, awesome. Um, can I talk? Can I show you what I've done? Can I I was just, you know, asking, can I do this? Like, is there an opportunity? I have my camera with me too. Can I take a photo? Like, can I do something to offer you value? He's like, you know what? That's pretty cool. You know, the guy who actually bought us is sitting right there. And this guy was some. Italian mafia looking guy, big dude, like, you know, big, big Italian guy. I was like, Oh shit. I got to talk to that guy. Cause this Chris guy was like some scrawny, like nerdy looking guy. I get, I get talk to him and he pointed the owner out and go, fuck. I got to talk to that guy over there sitting in this dim white table and went, like, damn, I go over there. Nicest guy in the world. Nicest gentleman gives me time. Asked me everything i've done show he shows me a site he shows me an analytics. I give him some ideas I you're, you're you're kind of smart I really like I like what you're saying. He goes, "What do you charge? I go fifteen hundred a month. He writes me a check for six thousand dollars that night and that was the turning point in my life again i'm getting emotional here because that was like a god. That was a god moment. You know, that was God. I, I didn't give up my third day. The last place I went to, I leave. I remember walking, like, is this real? I'm looking at the check. Like, it's just this, this real check. And I and I I put in the 10X book. At the back of the book, I wrote six thousand dollars in sales by that day. Come on. And I'm like, it's just, I I sit on the curve and I'm just bawling. I'm bawling like, wow, this is crazy. And I'm just in disbelief that gentleman I just met wrote me a check. I thought I had to send a proposal and follow up, you know, just basic stuff. I Googled how to, how to sell a social media agency. And those are the steps I'm like, okay, I could do this. No proposal, no invoice, no examples. Conversation with the right person at the right time, God. And I left with my goal. And this is in 2015. Yes, seven years ago. Going on to eight years next year. So that was literally the turning point. That's when. I created this identity of myself where God does give us opportunities, but you have to go out there and get it. And that's when I really took personal development extremely serious. Like what you said earlier, you said failures are just lessons. And I remember writing all of everything I've had to go through. And I said, this is what I have to learn. Everything summed up, was integrity and accountability yeah. that's all it was it, and i've taken those lessons to my core and turned my life around completely since then i've never had a moment like that well that low i have had a, I, I have had my lows but that was like that new foundation built uh, right. so uh, i
0: have setbacks now because we get to that mountain like right? we get to the top of the mountain of course we can't stay up there forever we have to go down the mountain up to the next mountain so i are always going to have more setbacks or more unpredictable challenges you still approach them with the same mindset as things continue to evolve since then
1: they've definitely evolved you know integrity is hard If anyone goes, integrity is easy, it's not. It's hard. Accountability is hard. Doing the right thing is hard. And sometimes we get overwhelmed. You know, we're human. You know, we're not perfect. But what I've learned is you could start your day with integrity, lose it throughout your day, but you have to sleep with it. You have to end your day with integrity. And what that means is, like, you could fuck up in business, but make it right. That's it. We're all human. We all have, like, I've had over the years a series of dropping the ball with certain clients, knowing I did, but making it right. Making it right every time. I mean, to this day, there, there may be one or two people that didn't like how things ended. But they can't say I didn't do my best to try to make it right. Yeah,
0: yeah. and you know you say that. I love you, but sure. You said that about me about the, the day that I is if we don't have integrity that will not have a problem. correct. You said that I'm like I'm like if we're sitting to ourselves, side, am I ever going to speak. We talk about accountability. Like, I wish I had that accountability part, Well we can all be accountable to ourselves. It does, I believe, it does start with integrity, you know. And there's nothing wrong with just having that you know, yourself. And, and for those that have ever um, heard of the gentleman by the name of David Goggins, okay, I, I highly suggest suggestion. Listen to his audio book. You can't hold me. Like, very, very harsh life. Like even losing my father at the same innocent. Did like I was the same build as what's happened. That okay. But one thing that he did is he calls it the accountability. Error, is he finally put them himself and stop lying to himself? I think that's what we do sometimes. Is like yeah. Why? I had an okay, I had a pretty good day. But no, you didn't. You didn't get anything done. But let's be honest. Yeah. Get done. You you gave up before you, you should have gave up. I think having that in, you've said, really, and I'm, I'm all about, you know, especially when you're clients, because I have a service based business as well, dog training business, you know, in terms, also in terms of well, the a coaching business, but if I don't take care of somebody's dog, yeah, I could, oh yeah, your dog did this. I'm like, no, 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 let's back up to yourself. Let's, let's have integrity within yourself. The dog is doing this because of me as a trainer, my staff didn't do certain things, X, Y, Z. Let's have a hard truth with yourself first before you ever even have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to have that hard truth with themselves because it's just like, I guess I've just told myself that.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 hard, man. And I, you know, I would be lying if I said I didn't go through that. You know, it, it's, there's been moments where, you know, over the years of like, with where I am now, it's like four, four years five years of the process. It's there's been series of those moments, you know, and those moments lead you to. So let me take a few steps back. Like my mom has always said, and she's said this even to this day, make your yes, your yes, and your no, your no. But it's hard when there's this entrepreneur mindset that I used to believe in, and I don't, I no longer believe in it, but it would say yes, even if you don't know how to do it and figure it out after. And that is complete nonsense. That's complete nonsense because that made me say yes to a lot of things that I didn't know how to do, couldn't figure it out, lost relationships, lost money, lost reputation, because I had the spine to the vote. Oh, let me say yes now, and I'll figure it out later. And that figure it out later sometimes can take longer than what the client's expectations are. So now I only say yes to things I could over-deliver completely. If I can over-deliver something, I would not take it on. Like right. before I did, because there's just, you know, I kept seeing on the internet like jump out a plane and build a plane on the way down. Like that that's nonsense.
0: Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think going back to that, because you know, taking those things on, it it keeps a lot of people from overthinking the process, right? You, you know, um, and the coaching, like, make a course and then create it along the way. And, um, I'm with you, is I think if you're taking those things, if you have that mindset, of things on, you you've got to take that step back, or if it's just foolish to take it on, like you said, jump out, of the- right? You know probably a little on the fuller side. It's not going to happen that quick. Um, And so, you know, I I, I like that because it it gives us the ability to check. Yeah, there's so many things that I want to do. There's so many, especially when you're passionate passionate to help people for serving. Sometimes, I wrote checks my body couldn't cash. I wrote checks my bank account couldn't cash either. Yeah. In the, in the terms of Man, I just want to help that person out. I wasn't helping myself out. Right. Like, okay. My pastor used to say this Joseph takes wisdom or takes faith to jump out of a perfectly good
1: airplane.
0: Yeah. You can step out blindly in faith to do something by saying that, yes, I know how to do it. But you also got to have the wisdom to, like, okay. Am I actually going to put forth this effort? I, 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 uh, I get suckered. <laughs> I get suckered into buying, this stuff. you know, three ninety seven courses. <laughs> you know. And then like,
1: oh God! <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm like, yeah, I'm. Yeah. And then I'll make the time. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You just on that emotion, you a step in the right direction. But really, you haven't at all. You yeah, a strategy in place. Uh, don't uh, buy courses. <laughs> <laughs> buy it and still never, do, never do anything. Hey, you're not the only
1: one, man. I, I bought, I bought a series of courses. I mean, even, like to this day, like I'll, I'd buy something and just like take one good thing from it. Oh, this is worth it. This one thing is worth it. But then there's so much. There, that I could pull from. Yeah.
0: And that goes back to the integrity, right? So right. Something to it. And I'm Absolutely. As well, because I'm like, I'm reading like 15 books all over the place. And I, I am not, I used to be, but I'm not the one that like reads a book from cover to cover. I'm the, the type that I read a book, I get what I want out of it for that time and season. And then I'm like, I'll put the book down and pick up something else. Right. I'm looking for the answers. Well, the problem with that is, is you're not do- to get the answers. You're just, do- you're doing the work to get the answers, not study, the t- not study for the test, you know, and, uh, and, and again, it goes back to the account of for myself. Uh, this is not something, this is not, to let just, because- and continue to find yourself chasing. So, but, brother, how are things now? Now that you' going to wrap up here in a few minutes, is now with that mindset that you have now. Not that, like we talked about the setbacks, but where are you at current with the businesses and with the social? A lot of great things coming. These your podcast. Where are you at right now with life? So where I'm at,
1: I'm stepping back into my power, my light on, I'm on a, a health journey. I've lost shape, or not. I wouldn't say lost, but I, I have released 15 pounds. I'm at the gym every day. I, um, I am eating right. I'm drinking over a gallon of water a day. I'm putting my health first. Um, I've been inspired to, for, for a year, I mean, I've, I've done the podcasting and the speaking and I was doing it, I was getting at my peak last year and I stopped. I gained a lot of weight. Uh, I didn't like how I looked and I said, I want to be behind the scenes. I don't, I don't want to be in front. I don't, I don't like how I look. I don't like how I feel. And I had a breakthrough recently that led me to this, I'm on week five this week. And it's been quantum leaps the last five weeks from reigniting my personal brand, my podcast, being more open to speaking opportunities, being more open to to being involved. Um, and that's, that's where I'm going. So in terms like business, I'm a partner in a CRM company called Hyper Acquire. Which also has another division. We buy and sell e-com sites or e-com businesses. And what I do personally, I'm not a coach by any means, but I I'm more of a creative design implementer. So I go in and, and I design people's brands from like messaging to identity to web to social. And I give them what has worked for me and other clients to receive opportunities. So it's, it's a little bit of coaching, but it's more like, I'm going to design all this for you. I'm going to write your copy. I'm going to build, and I'm going to show you how to work it, but it's not like I'm going to coach you for weeks. I'm going to show you this. And if you have any questions, just hit my line. I'm not someone that's going to be like, yo, buy my freaking course. And then you'll have access to me. It's like if you pay my service, like hit me up anytime. If you have a question like, hey, how do I get this sold or how do I do this? Like, I, my line is open to people that work with me. And so that's what I'm doing from a monetization perspective through myself. And then I, I'm a partner CRM company, a business brokering company. I do have a few clothing brands that I've been running for the last few years. Uh, me and my brother are partners in a print and fulfillment shop down in San Diego. So we do do apparel, hats, bags, accessories. Uh, we have a whole production space in San Diego. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, there's, I'm I'm also a partner in a taco shop in San Diego. With you guys are ever in San Diego, search of wet tacos, 1835 Imperial Avenues, where we're located. It's one of the best video tacos on this planet. Um, so I, I do have my hands in a few different places because why not? If you could do it, like I'm at this place, like, why not? Why not do it if you could do it? But it's also about working with the right people. I don't operate everything myself. I have partners and the right people. And now, knowing what I know now, I understand how to bet someone out, how to not lose in a, in a business relationship with people, how to be a winner every single time because. You got to have that mindset, you know, eliminate risk by all means. Um, So that's, that's what I'm up to now. I'm so sorry. Like my energy is a little bit low right now. I haven't had any water the last hour we've been on here. So I'm a little bit dehydrated and, but that's, yeah, that's what I'm up to nowadays.
0: Where can people get in contact
1: with Ortega CEO.com. JoeOrtega.com.
0: Correct. You're also on all social media platforms as well.
1: I am, and that's the same username across the board.
0: I am truly honored. I'm so glad that I yesterday from King Google, which was the coach said coach for my lot of other Bryant. He talks about the journey, but he talks about the journey is not as important if it wasn't for the destination. You hear me. I love hearing about people's journey because that's the stories that are told. That's what makes us, we've got to have that destination. you got your constant. It's just encouraging just to know where you came from, where you've been, where you're at, but also... I'm just
1: really truly honored to uh, to have you on the show, man. Thank you. It's been it's been a great last hour. Those who are listening, thank you. You know, one thing that I just want to just want to leave with everyone here is you got to have a CEO mindset, and that CEO mindset. My personal acronym for it is: you create every opportunity. That is what has. Change my life and will continue to change my life is being accountable for yourself. If you have business partners or friends who are successful, you can't think that they're gonna just throw things your way. You can't rely on them. At the end of the day, we're all of our bags are against the wall at the end of the day. It's it's us and God. And you have to have this mindset of I will create every opportunity. And if you operate, if you operate from that mindset, you'll always have things. Every there will always be opportunity. You won't ever be in a position of lack of finance, lack of projects, lack of sales, lack of anything, because you understand that you have to go out there and you have to get it. You have to be the person that does it. Ain't no one else going to do it for you. Your spouse. Your mom and dad, your brother, your sister, your business partners, your group that you're in, coaches you have, they, they, we're all human. And at the end of the day, we have to take care of ourselves first. So have a CEO mindset, create every opportunity, and you'll never be in a scarcity place ever.
0: Guys. Give him a, uh, look him up, you know, listen to this podcast, watch this podcast very shortly. And he's got some amazing guests coming up there. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know Eric, the hip hop preacher, uh, Joe, again, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Uh, and thank, yeah, thank you. My pleasure.